Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Friends of the Bridegroom podcast, the podcast of St. John the Baptist Catholic Church and School in Savage, Minnesota. I'm your host, Father Ben Little, pastor, and again joined by our Director of Marketing and Communications, Sarah Schneider. Hello. Good morning, Sarah. Yes, happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you, as always, and very good to be with you, and uh, so we'll enter in uh, with prayer. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we uh, present ourselves to you and are grateful for the gift of this day and this conversation. As always, we ask that it may bless uh, whoever may listen to it and guide it with uh, a generous outpouring of your Holy Spirit. And we especially ask for the uh, gift of gratitude as we are here in this Thanksgiving week, that as our country uh, offers you uh, gratitude and as we gather with family and friends, uh, may we be enriched and uh, lifted up in spirit. And uh, we ask that you would be close uh, to those who experience loneliness or sadness or any families where there may be need of reconciliation around these times that we're about to enter this, this holiday season. We ask all this through Christ our Lord and through the intercession of our holy patron, St. John the Baptist, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. All right. So, Sarah, we have um, the long-awaited letter. Anticipated. Yes, there was a lot of anticipation around this letter. Yes, and of course, we're talking about the Archbishop's letter, uh, the post-synodal, meaning just coming after the synod, his uh, pastoral letter to all of the faithful all the Catholics of the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. We have been praying for him throughout this process, specifically many times. I know you've called to prayer to pray for Archbishop and his, um, to give him wisdom and a lot of that leading up to I kept saying, I think for a while I was saying, you know, pray for the Archbishop as he takes up his pen. (laughs) I love love phrases like that. But then it occurred to me, he's probably not using a pen. He's probably using a keyboard (laughs) uh, and he probably has people helping him with it. Uh, But yeah, I wondered about that too, especially when I, when I read it specifically, I thought um, I was listening for his voice. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm so used to your writing and know your voice in that. And, but Archbishop has a very distinct voice also too. So I really felt like most of the reading, it really did feel like his voice. Uh, there were some parts where I'm like, okay, that seems maybe an extension, but you have mm-hmm. you, this is a 60 page document, a mere 60 pages, <laughs> light reading. So, oh, praise God that he had the help that he, that he, that he did yeah. help to get this. But I did really feel like it reflected him and his, his voice. I really I felt does. like I could hear him somewhat in there. I am interested to know. Um, I know that you leading up to the release of the letter, were invited to a dinner. Can you tell us about that? Right. So it was really uh, thoughtful and, and gracious uh, of the archbishop and the whole you know, team of people at the archdiocese who were responsible for the synod that uh, they, they wanted as a, as a, I think as a, uh, just a gesture of, of, you know, fraternity and, and affection and great, being great, grateful for our work as priests and especially as pastors so we were, all the priests were invited to a dinner uh, on Friday evening last week. The letter was electronically released to everyone at about two o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday last weekend, but we had been to this dinner on Friday evening at St. Peter's in Mendota, which is a place uh, because they have a very 
very nice um, facility and because they're centrally located in the arsenal where a lot of mm. archdiocesan gatherings are held uh, but we had a dinner and uh, prayer and the archbishop uh, gave to each priest uh, sort of a glossy copy a very nice uh, copy. very nice copy and then also um, a kind of an accompanying uh, smaller um, smaller uh, document that I have here in front of me that kind of gives us a little bit more of uh, a little more instruction on how to implement um, each year mm-hmm. uh, of the so phase what, one phase or, one of yeah. what's of what's contained in in the letter okay. of the instructions that are contained in the letter. So How did a lot of priests come to the dinner? Yeah, I think the majority of priests did. Um, I don't think it was everyone, mm-hmm. um, but most uh, most priests were there. A good number were there, and it was uh, really uh, kind of simple. Uh, we prayed uh, vespers. We prayed evening prayer together, and then. Um, you know, sat down, shared a dinner, and then uh, the Archbishop and Bishop Williams uh, gave some thoughts, you know, to us, and and then we, it was really just a a, a moment to have some some time together, mm-hmm. and then uh, we made our way out. Right. Was Each there anything? Copy, so. Was there anything you were left with that he said that struck you that evening? Yeah, I think the the, the thing that struck me the most was uh, actually something that. Um, that Bishop Williams talked about, and Bishop Williams, of course, are you know coming up on on his first anniversary as, as a bishop as our auxiliary bishop. Already, and, it's already. Been- yeah, it was in January. Of, it was he was named around this time last year. Maybe, um, yeah, I can't remember exactly when he when the news came that Pope Francis had that named him. But his um, his his consecration. And his uh, and became a bishop, I think, in January. Okay. I remember I was ice fishing, <laughs> and uh, couldn't go to his ordination. But, uh, but, you know, kind of, you know, timing wise for him, you know, he becomes a bishop and 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 takes up his his, his office. And and this is one of the things that that he has really been tasked with is is the implementation of the synod. Mm. So um, Bishop Williams offered some reflections, uh, which were which were very good. You know, the hopes. I, I think for me. The, for many pastors, you know, that to you know, be, be really candid here, this, this is this is asking a lot of us. Right. This is asking a lot of us. Uh, but at the same time, I think the, the Archbishop and Bishop Williams are 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 really keenly aware uh, that that we are, you know, very. Um, very uh, heavily burdened in some ways. Well, he, and, he says that too. Yep, and, and he acknowledges that in the letter. And um, and then this is what Bishop Williams said is that, you know, really this is about, you know, through this initial work, which we'll, which we'll continue to talk about here, I think in this conversation, that sort of the heavy lift here at the beginning is, is, is for the sake of lifting up this, um, this team of 12 uh, parishioners who are going to surround each pastor and then hopefully begin to lighten the burden, right? To to um, to share in the responsibility to walk with the pastor and enable him uh, to uh, work with others and and, sh- and implement this vision of the synod with with some uh, what we I mean really the, it's modeled on the apostles Jesus right. calling the twelve apostles uh, to go out and and so the I was I was appreciative of those reflections. Um, Still doesn't change the fact that yeah, this does seem like a lot of work at right. the beginning, um, in the midst of you know, in the midst of many of the other good things that we're that we're doing and that we're responsible for day in day out. Um, but I think that is the hope that we that we have a, a church which 
more and more through through living this vision of the synod in this letter that you know more and more lay faithful will will be lifted up will will be um, more uh, more aware of of their unique gifts that are given to them uh, in their baptism and in their confirmation and 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 put those gifts at the service of the church and actually support our priests right and and it's yeah. a big commitment for the 12 mm-hmm. um were you given some direction on how to choose the 12 yeah so backing up to uh, this past summer um, people might know that uh, every other summer uh, the priests of the archdiocese gather together for our uh, biennial assembly so every other summer, usually it's in the odd number of years. Mm-hmm. So the last one we had uh, was in 2021, and then now in the in the even number of years, the off years, so to speak, there's still like at least a one day or one afternoon sort of gathering of all the priests. And so that happened uh, this past summer in July up at the Church of Saint Gerard Magella in Brooklyn Park, and it was at that event where we were sort of introduced to this. This idea, or this this thing coming coming mm-hmm. uh, expectation that we were to um, kind of pray, and um, the the phrase that was used, "Go up the mountain," mm-hmm. which comes from the gospel, right, where Jesus goes up the mountain to pray, and then he comes down and uh, chooses the twelve okay. and names the twelve. So the the idea being that you know Jesus in that's in several of the gospels. The one I the one I think most of is the Gospel of Mark, chapter three. Uh, where he goes up the mountain to pray, and then he comes down and he, he names these 12 apostles. And so we were asked to do that as right. pastors. It's just like kind of spend the rest of the summer in a, in a spiritual sense going up the mountain mm-hmm. and, and praying and thinking about, okay, who are the people in the parish who you know I can invite to, to come alongside me and walk together with me? And by the way, that's you hear that, hear that term, walk together. Mm-hmm. That's, really, that's literally what the word synod means. It's a, Ooh, it's a Greek word, synodos, which means, you know, to, to journey together or to walk together. Okay. And so that kind of, if you, you know, if and when you read the letter, and by the way, that's homework for everybody from the pastor. Uh, I know Sarah did it. <laughs> I did. Um, I did. Yeah. My job, it's a job requirement, but yeah. I wanted to know as well. And I will have a question about that sure. too later. But in a, yeah, so so going up the mountain, naming these 12. And so we were, we were to kind of spend the summer and into the fall you know, thinking, praying about who that might be, and then by the first of November, so um, which so which which we did, you know, I offered that invitation to to a number of people here in the parish. Now, one of the one of the other little details of this is that um, the, the, we were instructed and and asked to name you know sort of people at large from the from the parish, but we were also encouraged that certain uh, people on staff would sort of be like an ex officio mm-hmm. member of the 12. And so, you know, we don't, we no longer have a, a, a parochial vicar or an associate uh, pastor here. And that would have, that would have been one. Um, uh, deacon Jerry, in virtue of mm-hmm. his being a deacon, um, is included, uh, director of evangelization and faith formation. So Liz Lockhart, uh, school principal, mm-hmm. is one of the recommended uh, members. So Greg Wesley, our, our, our school principal, uh, has has graciously agreed to do that, and uh, so we have sort of rounded out that that group of people, and um, yeah, just sort of 
thought of different people just going, you know, sometimes even at mass, you know, looking out and seeing, oh yeah, you know, and there wasn't, there was an encouragement as well. I think it came from Bishop Williams on that original, that, that original event back in July with all the priests is that you know, one of the things in parish life is that sometimes there's a, it's kind of a cynical thing to say, uh, but it, it also, it also, you know, it, it's reality, right? That, that you know, in any given parish, it's the same, you know, 50, 75, 100 people who do everything. Oh, I think people know that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not saying <laughs> not anything, new news. We're not saying anything <laughs> earth shattering there. And we, and it's certainly not meant to be a, not meant to be a slight. It's, if, you know, it's actually to, we're grateful. And, and we're that grateful happens for, in for many organizations. That's yeah. not untrue for a lot of, yep. a lot of things. Yeah. And so the, the encouragement was, and I think, I think we achieved this with with a number of the people we invited is you know maybe people who are you know maybe they're maybe a little bit above average in terms of involvement but maybe could could go deeper you know, we were you know i was trying to you know look at the people you know, maybe look beyond that first obvious layer to kind of that second layer you know some might be involved in one thing or another but you sense that oh there's there's more there's something here with this person that you know, they could, um, if they were a, a member of this group of twelve, that you know, even even for 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 themselves, right. that you're serving them. You know, that you're you're you know, offering them the invitation to grow in discipleship and in friendship with the Lord, and you know, have this have this special relationship with the pastor right. in the midst of this process. And there's got to be a lot of trust there. To, you know, mm-hmm. this is going to be, uh, it's a three-year commitment. and It's a substantial commitment. A, so. lot, a lot to ask. and um, But I, I think it's going to be really beautiful. I think it will be really, and or, or I can see a, a real help to you. Yeah. Shaping, you know, you're entering year three or completing year what is it? Oh, let's see. I, yeah, I guess I, I guess I'm completing year. Well, calendar wise, yeah, yeah. yeah so, this is my third. You know, this um, would be like yeah. this is like the middle chunk of, of what could be your time here. Yeah. You know, who yeah. who knows how long your time would be, but you know, this is getting to the to the to the meaty right. goodness here. Yeah, <laughs> this you know, it's nice to have those people. It is. It is, and and yeah, I'm hopeful that I can grow in in just yeah, that, that, like I say, that, that trust. Um, Forming them after after my heart, you know. I think mm-hmm. the I think the the Archbishop and Bishop Williams and the whole team they they understand that there has to be some flexibility. That you know, it's not a um, it, you know, as one as one priest said, you know, we, it, we um, actually you know, because I know you Sarah do a lot of work with Cisco okay. and the, the Catholic uh, School Center of Excellence, which helps. A lot of our, our Catholic schools in the archdiocese, ours included, very much. We're thankful to them, um, but they have a they have a saying that I really like, and that's one size fits one. Mm-hmm. And you know, so the archbishop I think understands that you know, we have about roughly 185 parishes in our archdiocese, and it can't be one size fits 185. Right. Right? There are different there are different circumstances in your in every parish, and uh, so there will be there will be some flexibility. But it you know it really what what the hope is is that. Following this model, uh, you know the pastor working alongside and, and journeying with these these twelve, and you know the the different priorities of the synod, which we'll get into, which will unfold over over these next three years. That what this will do is it'll 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 establish in the archdiocese and among the parishes of our of our archdiocese sort of a common understanding, common vocabulary. Like you know these are the things that we are about. These are the things that 
you know, we, we, we do, I, I think, I think if we're really honest, you know, we, we do have, um, I guess you could look at it positively. Like we have a lot of diversity or we have a lot of variety mm-hmm. in, in the, you know, the styles of parishes and, and, you know, down to, you know, the way we celebrate the liturgy or the things we focus our, our time and, and energy on for outreach. You know, there's, there's a great variety, but, but we, and uh, that's good to a certain point, but if it begins to, um, if it begins to be the sort of thing where, you know, someone, someone can kind of go parish shopping, right? right. And that, and that, um, that I don't like what's happening at this parish. So I'll go and it's, and they're, they're wildly different. Like you have a totally different experience. Like the archbishop wants there to be unity, not to, you know, not to make, not to reduce everything to, 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 um, to a very narrow, but there, but there should be priorities that are, that are to be found, you know, getting, getting implemented everywhere across the board. Right. Yeah. So you get this letter Friday night mm-hmm. and was it what you expected? Yeah. I, yes and no. I mean, it was, it was it's long. I thought I actually didn't think it would be this long. Um, and, and to be fair, it's, it's long in part. I mean, there's, there's lots of images in it. Lots of, you know, really actually, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful images, very, very nicely made and, and, and laid out, uh, as I'm sure you can appreciate. Yeah, it's with gorgeous. Your, with, yeah. your, with your, with your, uh, a lot of hard work memory. went into it. Um, and, 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 you know, there's a lot, there's a, there's a number of pages that are more like bullet points, mm-hmm. um, lists of, lists of things that aren't, you know, just, just pure text. Right. Um, but I was, I was actually struck by the, um, some of the scriptural mm-hmm. reflections, it, you know, the, the, some of the, um, the meditations on this whole idea of synodality, mm-hmm. which is actually not something that's new in the church. Um, it's just, I think it's just a new way of stating something that we, that the church has always understood. But maybe, Will you explain what that yeah, means? I'll, I'll try. I'll try. I know. It was Even, in the very beginning, they yeah, talk about I mean, synodality. Yeah, so it's so like even, the next step. Yeah. So, you know, even I, um, to be honest, have to um, <coughs> have to st- struggle with this a little bit. But um, again, like I was, I was saying a, a moment ago, the, the, the word, you know, literally meaning journey with or walk with that. Um, yeah, here's a here. I'm just I might just quote the letter. Uh, this is from paragraph 12 of the letter. That uh, while the vocabulary may seem somewhat new, synodality in its substance is not a new reality for our pastors. Many have already been walking together and experiencing fruitful collaboration with parish pastoral councils and parish finance councils. Uh, that I, and it goes on, I would suspect that uh, today's pastors are relieved to know that they can count on the professional expertise of the laity to advise them in matters that pertain to the administration of the parish. Um, yeah, that's absolutely true. I'm so grateful for our for our finance. I just had a meeting with our wonderful finance council last night. Um, but uh, that that this is really um, this is really sort of reintroducing us to the idea, or you know, if it, or just sort of holding up again and 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 shining a light again on the on the fact that all the faithful have a responsibility through their baptism to to share in the mis- the mission and of the church. That we all have, we have a shared responsibility, and and um, and that is through through our baptism that we are to walk with the pastors of the church. We're all on this journey together. 
Um, so this is yeah, this is this is not new. You know, every right. every saint understands this. Every every saint has lived this by definition that I walk with Jesus and I walk with the brothers and I walk with the brothers and sisters of Jesus in the church. That I, I don't. I'm not just. A, I'm not just a spectator. Right. Yeah. So. So other than it was longer than we thought and bigger. Mm-hmm. Any other things that you thought right away? On yeah. That? So um, one of the things that um, direct, most directly affects me, and this was also something that uh, we, we knew this was coming, but uh, this was it was kind of sort of fully unveiled at at the at the Friday evening mm-hmm. gathering where we where we received the letter, is that um, one of the um, one of the aspects of the of this synod implementation, in addition to the twelve that sort of most directly affects me as a pastor is the archbishop has appointed uh, what, what he calls vicars for evangelization. And these are priests who the archbishop um, has sort of chosen on the basis of they have a, of a gift for evangelization. Who um, Now, I happen to think that we're doing a pretty good job of, of trying to be evangelistic here at St. John's. Um, but these priests were introduced, and each of them uh, will, each of them is a pastor, and each of them will be responsible for two deaneries mm-hmm. of our archdiocese. And for those who don't know, I think maybe we've talked about it before on the podcast. Um, but the deanery, a deanery, is just a, a, ge- a smaller geographical region of the archdiocese, and uh, we have, I think, we have six to sixteen deaneries in the archdiocese. Uh, one of which is 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 like a, um, a a deanery without borders. It's it's all the institutional priests, all the priests who teach at the seminary or who are hospital chaplains or the, things like that. We don't actually have a parish, but so the, the archdiocese is kind of broken down into those smaller regions, and each and all of the, and so all of the priests of those parishes meet together as the priests of that deanery. We're at deanery eight here, and uh, I happen to be the <laughs> happen to be the dean of deanery okay. eight. Okay. Uh, and that's why, that's why, for instance, I was actually at the Synod Assembly back in June. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any event, so um, each of these uh, vicars of evangelization will be responsible for meeting with the pastors of two deaneries. So uh, Father Tony O'Neill, uh, pastor of St. John Newman in Egan, uh, who is a, a good friend of mine. He is, he is the vicar for evangelization for our deanery and one other. So he'll go, you know, he'll make periodic visits to each um, to each so priest. priests within our diocese were asked then to be vicars, right? Right. right. So in addition to any of their normal mm-hmm. priestly duties and executing the synod and the twelve right. at their parish, yes, and they're going to be vicars for others. Correct. Correct. Wow. Yeah. No. It, it's a it's a huge commitment for those brothers uh, who who said yes to that and. Um, so, yeah, so I'm trying to think back up a little bit. So, so a vicar, um, it might be good to just sort of so to to spend a little time talking about right. that just to help help uh, help us understand. So, um, whenever you hear the word vicar, it basically means you know if you think of the word vicarious. So, which of course is where it comes from. So, the archbishop. Um, this is one of the things he and Bishop Williams mentioned, is that you know he really wants to. Um, 
be able to, you know, if 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 he could, he would he would love to meet with every pastor sure. regularly to you know to see, okay, how is the synod going? How are things going with your twelve? What are the things you're working on right. to implement? You know, what's what's contained in the letter? But he knows he can't do that. He can't possibly, right. you know, he just you know with with so many responsibilities. Uh, but he wants to. He wants to. So what? Whenever a bishop, you know, the bishop bishops have many needs like that where they can't personally exercise their authority as much as they'd like to. And so they have a vicar. There's vic- There can be vicars for many things. So so there's a vicar general. Uh, the vicar general is, is sort of like the right-hand man of the archbishop mm-hmm. and actually carries the archbishop's authority into many decisions. And so we actually have three vicars general. Mm-hmm. There can be there can be numerous ones. Uh, one, of course, is Bishop Williams, and then uh, Father Charlie Lockowitzer, and then of course someone known, very well known to us, uh, Father Mike Tix, yeah. a former pastor here at St. John's. Um, so they are part of the Archbishop's sort of senior staff, mm-hmm. and they are vicar general. And then, um, for instance, there's a, a vicar judicial who who handles who is is the Archbishop's vicar for uh, for all things pertaining to canon law. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Like the marriage tribunal, other other um, canon law uh, needs things that have to do with the church's law, and that's Father Michael Johnson, a good friend of mine. Um, and then you know a bishop can appoint a vicar really for for any number of things. Okay. Um, and so he has a, appointed these vicars. When you're appointed, mm-hmm. you're appointed. So yeah, I have chosen you, and you're appointed, yeah. or is it an yep. ask? It's a it's an ask. I think I think these, and I think in this case they were asked. Okay. And they said yes, and so they have this title that they're really actually acting in the bishop's name and with his authority, you know, to go out and you know kind of assist and encourage us. Uh, one of the things that that the letter mentions, and actually was mentioned at the at the dinner when these when these priests were introduced to us, is that they were supposed to they're supposed to be like a Barnabas. So you remember in the Acts of the Apostles, Saint Barnabas. You know, the companion of of Saint Paul, and he's known as the son of encouragement. He was he was a he was. That's one of the the scriptures say that about Saint Luke in writing the Acts of the Apostles tells us that that he was a man full of the Holy Spirit and he was encouraging. He was just a um, he was a saint who just had this encouraging manner mm-hmm. about him. And that so that's I think the hope is that these vicars Model of evangelization exactly yes. modeled after Saint Barnabas, you know, kind of coming with with um, representing the Archbishop um, to to encourage us to kind of meet with us and say, okay, well, here's all you know, and they'll, they'll they'll be moving around and observing. By talking to us as pastors, you know the, the things that are working, the things that are not working. Oh, here, have you tried this? They're doing this over at Saint Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the idea with these these vicars yeah. of evangelism. When you explain it all, when you explain it like that, it starts to make more sense to me in terms of why it, the the letter indicates the pastoral letter indicates the plan. You know, it's a three year plan. Mm-hmm. There's some timing. There's some structure to it because when you explain it like that. There's a lot of parishes, yeah. And then to be able to help each one, to assist each one, to give them the tools they need, to give them the support they need, that that's going to take time, and everyone is going to be on a different timeline, yes, so to speak. Because that was one of my takeaways. Like, oh, this is interesting. You know, here's these three things that we want you to do, um, but we don't want you to bite it all off at once. We want you to piece it out. And tackle, you know, mm-hmm. one thing a year building upon one another, which I thought is thoughtful. But some of my some of my thought was, okay, well, you're giving us this letter in November, and really this first 
challenge, this first bullet point, so to speak, isn't really starting until next summer, I believe, 2023. So my thought originally, I was like, well, what are we doing now? What are we doing between November 22 and June or July 23? But this helps make more sense of it to me. And I'm, you know, we've got to lay the groundwork. We've got mm-hmm. to get the people in place. We've got to do the training. Yep. We've got to do, you know, because each of the 12 is asked to go to, what is it? Uh, yeah, the, the School of Evangelization. School. That's right. Yep. And so that's um, it's associated with the Archbishop Flynn Catechetical Institute, which yes. uh, a number of our, our parishioners have done uh, one you and know going, pretty yeah. well. Yeah, <laughs> um, a small St. John's group this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but over the years, a number of our parishioners yes. have, have participated in that, and I think that's bearing fruit. So yeah, so that that helps me a little bit talk, talking through it, and maybe helps answer some other people's questions, like why is this such a long process, or mm-hmm. how do you, why can't we start implementing his request now? Everything is being built really specifically. We want to really bring people to the table. And I think it's really great to equip the 12 with this learning and the school of discipleship evangelization, that kind of thing too, to have that full awareness to be able to better support you. So that's all in the timing of it, which now, and then with the vicars and the challenges on each of them and how to support the deaneries, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. It is a lot. And um, at the same time, um, you know, we're, we're, we're already doing a lot mm-hmm. and I have some hope that, that, you know, some of the things we're already doing, um, you know, for instance, the, the, uh, the priority of this, of this first year, you know, and then you're, you're absolutely right. You know, with the, the over the coming months, you know, the, the, the winter and spring, you know, that, that, you know, we're, we are, you know, setting up the foundations and, and getting, you know, getting everything into place, you know, the, the 12 attending the school of discipleship and you know, getting getting the, um, the vicars up and running and, and it also gives us a chance to sort of look at what we're doing mm-hmm. which I I think already there is some alignment right. here you know in particular at St. John's you know where we've you know we've really tried to um, to be promoting and, and uh, enriching uh, small group ministry right so the first what does it say the first phase one is phase one year one is, is small groups small groups and, and then that and that actually corresponds to you know to certain propositions in the synod mm-hmm. in, in the synod uh, assembly that were voted on and and that that were um that were right which that, all those details are in the in the material so i thought that was interesting too they shared the voting details what everyone voted on what the numbers were so they were very transparent with you know, this was chosen by the people, you mm-hmm. know, the people elected from each parish that came to this event voted and decide, helped to determine yeah. the priorities for our entire diocese. Yeah. So that's all in there, which was really good to see. Yeah. And those and those priorities themselves, they didn't just come from nowhere. Right. They came from all of those uh, prayer and listening sessions that had taken place, you know, overall, actually, and so many of them, you know, during during COVID, yeah. I mean, it was really extraordinary that that we were able to still um, uh, collect and and pour over through right. and, and through you know so many things, so many uh, bits of information and people's people's feedback. Uh, but uh, they were those propositions that were voted on back last June at the Synod Assembly on on Pentecost weekend. Yeah, those are those are are truly those truly come from those come those come those are the voice of the church. Right. Right. Yeah. Can you read the three priorities? Yes. So that came up through this letter. Yeah. So um, 
the, uh, the first priority, uh, again, is, is the small groups um, in you know, establishing and, and um, building up a small group ministry within parish life so that people, uh, and there's actually a lot, there's a lot um, one of the things the Archbishop has, has talked about is there's a lot of freedom in, in what those can look like. Mm-hmm. But the, the basic, the, the most basic principle here is that uh, the faith uh, is, 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 is more, more vibrantly lived when people are in relationship with each other, you know, what 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 for me this this is that you know that um, you know when I look out on Sundays and I see you know I, I you just you don't know with certainty but you say are, are are people just showing up for Sunday and then and then you know are there people entering into real relationship and accountability and um, with with a small group of other people here. You know, are people rooting their lives, their friendships, their, you know, how they really come to know themselves in relationship with other people here mm-hmm. in, in the parish, and you know whether that's around, you know, com- what, whatever common interests it could be, could be a Bible study, could be, you know, families, you know, parents with children around the same age who are, who are, um, who come into association with each other through some other thing in their life that their children share, but can they say? Oh hey, you know I know we're all we're always all in in you know in, in baseball or dance or something together, and we all go to St. John's. Like let's let's have a small group where we meet regularly and actually talk about things of faith mm-hmm. and grow in our faith together. And that, that's kind support of support each other yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Support, yep, yeah. and just yeah, and because it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the that's the priority of, of this first year right. of the same so implementation. I do want to touch on that. You mentioned St. John's does have a lot of. Small groups, and we—they are wonderful groups. So I don't want—I don't want anyone in any of those groups to think that those are going to change or need this right, or need right. that. You know, I don't. I think that's one of the beauties of seeing this and, and knowing that this document hits for across a whole diocese. Yeah. If anything, we—if anything, we want those people to continue. Oh, in what's, in yeah, what's, and grow and what's right. bringing them life, but also you know be willing to say, hey, like this is something that's this is something that's really blessed me in my life. Want more people to share in it? Absolutely. So, yep. not um, you know we're we're excited that we have a strong base on that, and you know with our journey of faith groups, our Friday morning faith sharing, our Cana Moms group, our Divine mm-hmm. Mercy group, uh, we and that man is you. Yes, we have some wonderful groups in existence here. Really so, um, so that and in that way of reading it, was it hard? Was it hard to be like, wait? Yeah. So, so one of the, uh, if, yeah, if I, if I can be perfectly honest and still, you know, very respectful and obedient, you know, to, to the, to the archbishop, um, there is a, there is a little bit of a sense in which, um, we went through all of this to kind of arrive at what we're already trying to do here. Right. Um, but I have to, I have to sort of choose to hear this and receive this as pastor in the sense that, okay, it's a confirmation mm-hmm. of what, of what we're, what we're already feeling moved to do. And so if I can, if I can right. look at it from that perspective, um, it, it, and I think there is still freedom to, to say, okay, this is what it's going to look like here at St. John's. Really right. in and our there's an opportunity to flourish. And he really does speak a lot in the letter about, um, the evangelistic part of it. Mm-hmm. And and maybe we are existing in our groups now, but maybe we aren't sharing the message enough, or maybe we aren't doing personal invitation or in any effort, it can always be more. Yeah. Um, so I do think that 
he is really trying to weave in that evangelistic approach to within that small group. So we are so blessed and have great, great people leading, great people coming and, and see the fruit and the joy that comes from those yeah. groups. And we do want to share that with and invite others. Yeah, and and, and, and I, we do. And, and But then, you know, it's, I'm also always aware that yeah, there are people who just aren't connected. Right. You know, I, I hear actually, I actually hear that fairly often from young adults. And, and this is not just, we have, I think we're, I think we're really doing some great things with young adult ministry, um, really trying to, um, you know, put, put out good invitations to good things that, that bring people into relationship. That's just a, that's just a humanly nat- and just naturally difficult time and season of life to connect with other people. Very hard. You know, you're always going to be just facing those kind of built in things. And that's true, not just of, you know, young adults, but, you know, just you know, really they're, they're each each sort of uh, demographic right. of, of people has its own Set sort of challenges, and challenges yep. in our in our modern society, in our well, postmodern society, and uh, in, in our time. Um, but uh, we, you know, we're just we have to we have to keep at this, and it's you know things happen when when relationships form, right. and so yeah, just to highlight it even more. Right. What was the second phase or the second year's priority? Yeah, can I just say one more thing sure. about the, about the, the, the small groups? You know, this is something that I've been kind of since since, and I, I, will, be, I will be perfectly honest, uh, Sarah, you're a lot you're a lot better than I am. I have not actually poured through paragraph by paragraph the whole letter. I've been kind of you know grabbing grabbing sure. little bits of it, but um, but one of the things that I've been you know with, with this emphasis on in the first year of the synod on small group ministry and small groups within the parishes, the thing that has kind of the, the thought I've had or the inspiration I've had in praying with it a little bit is, is one of the things that we've really tried to move toward in these last few years is an emphasis on family formation. And it, it sort of occurred to me then that, you know, I don't think the archbishop necessarily says this anywhere. I think everything he says you know, supports this is the family is the original small group. <laughs> Right. right. The the family is the original little cell, um, and uh, the, the the so when we, for instance, have really tried to focus you know sacramental preparation and faith formation with a, with a greater emphasis on the role of of the family as a whole, you know, and moving away from sort of the the drop off culture. I know that's been a I know that's been a stumbling block to a lot of people, and I have great um, great. Awareness of that. I want people to know, you know, like, but the the family uh, is a small group. It is it is a small body of people who are bond, bonded together in love, and that's where um, that's where children, for instance, are introduced, you know, to a God who is love by the love of their parents. Mm-hmm. And you know, not in every case, you know, like we we talk about, you know, families families take different forms, but in general. In general, uh, this is uh, this is. I think I think that fits. I think talking about it and looking at it that way fits within what the Archbishop is laying out here in his vision of the importance of small groups and and uh, relationships with a few, you know, um, special relationships with a few people in which the faith is lived and experienced and, and received and taught. So yeah, yeah I just really wanted to say that. That's, no, that's, that's a little. That's a little bit of my takeaway or my little sort of uh, riffing on what the Archbishop is. Mm, it's a beautiful mean. reminder, um, especially when the family is under attack. Right Absolutely, now. yeah, mercilessly under attack. Mm-hmm. So yep, and we will always defend it. Yes. And, 
Um, so moving on, yeah, the, the second year, uh, so beginning in July of 2024, is uh, focuses on the mass. Mm-hmm. And this was the second great priority that kind of arose from all of those listening sessions. And then uh, the propositions in, ter- in turn were voted on at the Synod Assembly. And there was a, just a great yearning among the faithful of the archdiocese for greater emphasis on uh, the mass and education formation about the mass mm-hmm. and, and the centrality of the mass in in the life of the church. Right. So that'll be a focus. And now here's some here's where um, here's where there's an, a nice sort of um, say alignment with the work of the Holy Spirit in another way in our church. Um, those people listening might be familiar with the the Eucharistic revival. I've written mm-hmm. about it, right. you know, quite a bit and. Uh, it's something that the bishops of the United States are have undertaken, and so uh, that's ongoing as well. And so that'll line up. Very so that's, a that's a national. That's a national thing. National thing. Okay. And so it's it's, it's very beautiful that the, the the work of this synod and the and the uh, the process that's unfolded in this synod in our local church in St. Paul, Minneapolis, is is. Um, is, is, is melding so nicely with something that's going on in the church throughout the United States. So, yeah, that is a, a positive mm-hmm. collision. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so there'll just be a greater emphasis on the Mass, on, um, on the, the, re- the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, uh, and uh, hopefully, you know, you know, we need to, I mean, basically what it comes down to is you know, we, need, we, need, um, we need more people going to Mass. We need right. less, than a, less than a quarter of Catholics go to Mass uh, regularly, fulfill their Sunday obligation. Um, you know, I think we're still actually just, just yesterday, um, the, for those who don't know, every October, all the parishes of the archdiocese count the number of people at Sunday masses. Yep. Uh, we are down from last year, um, overall, um, but overall, the, uh, across the whole archdiocese mass attendance is about 75% of what it was in October of 2019, right wow. before the pandemic. So the, okay. The pandemic really, uh, in, the, in the words of one uh, commentator, opened up a sinkhole mm. in mass attendance. Yeah, and it's um, yeah. I mean, it's it's there's no there, there's no there's no sugarcoating to be done here. Right. I mean, it's it's a it's an absolute uh, it's an absolutely dreadful thing right. that um, as, as Saint John Vianney said, you know, people are standing next to a spring dying of thirst mm. and um, seem very happy about it in many cases. Oh. You know, we've got to get people back to mass. Absolutely, got to get people back to mass. It's um, it's really difficult as a priest to to just to know that mm-hmm. that, that 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 um, and you know, I think of I think of those you know those kind of painful conversations I've had with people where oh, are you are you still are you still doing mass online? You know, we like that better. It's like no, there's no replacement. If you are if if you are not in any danger, you know, if you are if you're just if it's just because it's more convenient and you like it better, that's not enough of a reason. We need you here. You know, the, the body of Christ is incomplete without you yeah. at the altar. Um, you are you are not receiving Holy Communion, and you should be. Uh-huh. You know, um, so it's just that's that's something that I love that. It's, it's, that. It, the it, body of Christ is not complete without you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're still united to the body of Christ by your baptism, but you're not in the most profound communion by. By receiving the bread of life, you know. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, um, I'm gonna use that on my kids. Yeah, go for I'm it. Sorry, right the ahead. body of Christ is not complete without you yeah. today. Yeah. We're going. Let's go. 
yeah, it's um, it's it's the old uh, yeah, like like I love I can't remember where I heard that originally, but the the um, you know, we had we had the pandemic and we had you know the spiritual communion was good, you know, you know, Lord, if I I can't receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. You're watching the mass, um, you're 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 joining yourself to the body of Christ in some sense. But nothing replaces that sacramental union of actually receiving the body of Christ, being in a state of grace. Um, and uh, the, the image is, is like um, if if uh, if you were in a hurricane and someone handed you an umbrella versus uh, bringing you into a storm shelter. Right. <laughs> like, um, and we, a lot of people are very happy with the umbrella right, right now, but it doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, and um, so. So that's, you know, that's, and, and a lot of that, you know, this is what the archbishop is, and what, what the, the focus on formation about the mass, what is the mass? A lot of people right. have just lost that. They've lost that plot in their life. They lost that thread where mm-hmm. if we, if people really understood what they're missing. Right. Well, I would little plug for our old YouTube videos, uh, Mass Confusion, yes, yes. which were a big hit and people liked them. Old and young liked them. Um, just remember our YouTube channel is out there with some of that information. That was real helpful. Those videos are about two minutes or less and sometimes answer the whys. Yeah. Why do we do that? Why do we do this? Why do we do that? And those were real helpful and really informative. So I just just a little plug to remind people that those are out there, but I am excited for the future and what we can, yeah. how we'll bring people to the table right. in that. Yeah. One of the, one of the things you know, just maybe before we move on to this last, uh, this last um, focus on the third year, I heard about this. I think I'd heard about this um, somewhere else, but I heard about it again yesterday from the archbishop is that um, in this second year, part of uh, what, what is happening with the, the Eucharistic revival Again, it's nice how that lines up with with what we're doing in the synod in that year. That um, this will be kind of the national year for the for the synod or further for the uh, Eucharistic revival. And uh, it just so happens that um, Bishop Andrew Cousins, uh, who was who was our auxiliary bishop and who was before he moved up to to be the book, the bishop of Crookston up north, you know, was you know very heavily involved in the synod in his last years uh, here in the archdiocese. But he's now the bishop of, of Crookston, and he's sort of the national chair of this Eucharistic revival. Yeah. And one of one of the things that he is, um, one of the things that he, I don't know if it is his idea, but it's certainly being driven by him. Um, actually, it wouldn't surprise me if it was his original idea. I don't know. But there are going to be, so the, 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 there's going to be like a Eucharistic Congress. There's going to be sort of a, a national event that will culminate, that kind of culminates this Eucharistic revival. It's going to take place in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's it's kind of centrally located sure. in the heartland of the country, and there will be actually four long sort of pilgrimage processions with the Blessed Sacrament that'll originate from like four the four um, cardinal directions on the map. Wow! So the one coming from the north uh, will actually originate at at Lake Itasca. Really? Yeah, and so, which is actually in the in the diocese of Crookston. And so there will be these long, like many, many day um, processions and walks with the Blessed Sacrament. Wow. And they'll all converge at, at in Indianapolis, um, and it'll be it'll be pretty amazing. Wow. And so, um, yeah, so um, the the idea of, you know, the, that, that the Eucharist will follow, you know, from the headwaters of the Mississippi River and come down and will make its way to, to, um, to Indianapolis. But it'll, it'll be, you know, it'll be this, this procession will kind of, 
I don't know exactly what form it's going to take, but it's going to, like the Archbishop said, it's going to be here for a few days mm-hmm. sometime in the summer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it should be pretty neat. That'd be cool. Yeah. Anyway, so then uh, the third the third year, July 25, uh, begins. Uh, this is um, this is something you know, kind of not not unrelated to what we were just talking about. Uh, the focus uh, for the synod implementation, uh, for the priority for that year, will be pro- uh, parents as primary educators. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is something again, just like with the other priorities, the small groups and the mass. This is something that. Uh, arose out of you know so many of those listening sessions you know it was developed into one you know, number of the propositions of the synod and it was eventually voted on by the by the um, the synod assembly and the the idea being that um, we were you know we were talking about this a, a little bit with the family and how we how we really want to emphasize that parents are the primary educators educators of their children in the in the faith in the things of God and you know this just this hits home to me at every at every baptism, right? Mm-hmm. Where you, you ask, you ask the parents, you know, are you, are you willing to, you know, raise this child in the practice of the faith? Do you promise to, to raise this child in the practice of the faith? Um, one of the things when I teach baptism class is, um, I always use the example of the, um, the experience of when I was a freshman in high school. And have I ever, Shared this one with you before, and I I, um, I loved baseball. I still love baseball. Um, I was not. I was never all that good at it, but I tried out for the the freshman you know baseball team at uh, Creighton Durham Hall, and I I did not make it. But one of the things that I had I had done, I had successfully convinced my parents to send me to this clinic over Christmas break of that freshman year in in, in advance of. You know, trying out for the for the freshman team in the spring, and I begged my parents to do it. I find, and then I think they finally sort of had the real. They finally said yes, and so I got to I got to go to this baseball clinic, and and it was because they realized that they they on their own couldn't um, couldn't give me all the skills I needed. Right. You know, and uh, and then ultimately even that wasn't successful, but. But I, I always use that as a, a to, to contrast with the fact with, with what the church believes and what what I see and I experience and I know is true is that parents always have exactly what they need to raise their children in the faith. A lot of parents think they don't, mm-hmm. and I think that's largely what's contributed to sort of the drop off mentality and the drop off. Well, I just do what I'll just do what my parents what my parents did for me. Um, and everything will work out. And we know it's it's not working out. Mm-hmm. It's not working, and it's not because it's not because that's bad or that's right. that's wrong. That parents think that way. It's natural that they think that way. It's what it's what has been done for so long. Um, but you know, my my parents you know knew that they couldn't give me anything more with baseball, and so they they shipped me off to an expert. Um, but parents always need to hold on to that conviction that they always have something to offer their children. When parents see, when children see their parents praying to God, serving God, going to adoration, going to mass, you know, praying in the home, um, loving asking, one another, loving one another, yeah, you know, there's, yeah, the the evangelistic power of just love and mercy, um, and you know, asking them, what do you think? What do you think about um, the fact that God became man? Right. What do you think about the fact that that you know we. Um, we believe in what is. What do you think it means that God is 
three persons in one God, you know, the, the Holy Trinity. But what do you what do you think it means that that um, that Mary is the mother of God? You know, these these things they, they, parents more than anyone else can form like the the way their children think, mm-hmm. and they can um, you know I even I even think of like you know when I'm with my niece and she I've Sometimes I'll pull up Google Images and just hit enter Jesus or Mary, uh-huh. and and we'll just scroll through. That's Jesus. That's a, that's that's Jesus. That's little Jesus. That's yeah, a big yeah. Jesus. Yeah, but it's all Jesus. Right. So now she can recognize that's oh, Jesus. Oh, right. Um, well, she's so lucky to have you. That's side note. But. Well, yeah, <laughs> but actually, even I realize I can't I can't do as much as her parents could do in that regard. And thanks be to God, they I think they I think they're trying. Yeah. Um, but that's what. That's what the synod. That's what the, you know, that was what that movement was mm-hmm. to set that as a priority. That um, that parents are the primary educators. The church, the church is not far behind. Right. Um, in fact, I, I said. I don't think that's to say that we won't equip. Absolutely, no. That, that, like, that, 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 I don't want exact, people to think that either. Right, like, and, that's, and that's exactly our role. Right. Is to to provide the resources to and then and then um, what the, what the church's primary role actually is. Is to provide is to be the place where there is the sacramental life, mm-hmm. where the the supernatural grace comes from, and we nur- you know when when um, you know parents receive grace and because it's hard, right. like it's really really hard, as you know, and uh, and you know to 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 come to mass, receive the Eucharist, to to receive the mercy of God in confession, to um, to receive you know. Another, you know, it's kind of another layer out, another concentric circle out, where you receive you know, special reasons. That's what, so that's what we do with our family faith formation: is we we put in the hands of our parents, you know, resources to help them, so they're not just sort of inventing it on their own. There's still there's still like structure. There's still like pedagogical things that we yeah. we, we equip them with. Um, but that was a big word. Yeah, pedagogical. It had like having to do with a, a method of teaching. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like to drop your big words in there. Oh, I can't read this. <laughs> well, I do think that the setup of the synod and the goals um, in the order is is very thoughtful. You know, let's start one by one. Let's get yeah. people to a group where they belong and they can be together mm-hmm. in Christ. Yeah. Let's then remind everyone and bring everyone back to the Mass. Yeah. Let's then take that to our families. Yes. It's, yes. You know, very purposeful and thoughtful. Right. Yeah. And in fact, I there's ways in which I've seen that reflected in my own life. Mm-hmm. You know, where I, um, you know, when I had my deepening of the of the faith when I was in in, in college, it was because I began to uh, enter into friendship and close relationship with other people who were living their faith, and it became more credible. And it became it, became, it took it took a while, but it it, it sort of be, it came to have a more central place in right. my life. And it also this is these goals and these the mission of the synod reflects our own vision of mm-hmm. friendship with Christ yes. in our time. I think it does. Yeah. So yeah. here's just on a final note: Would you recommend that people read this? I do. I, yeah. I do recommend it. Um, I think this first and foremost because our Archbishop has asked us to. Mm-hmm. You know, he's. I, I recognize that. Um, and that the burden of leadership is very great. That leaders tend to get asked, you know, what's your vision and what what do you, you know, and you can you can kind of you kind of get peppered with that 
you know, all the time. And so he has done that. He has given it. And, and so I think it's even just as an expression of love and support for him, you know, to do your best to you know, kind of roll up your sleeves and, 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 and read through this. Right. And, um, you know, he's put a, put a lot into it. I know he's a man who you know, deeply loves us um, and loves the Lord. And so I think in that's in that's that sense first and foremost. But um, I think people actually will, you know, even if even if some of the more um, practical aspects of it and, and are, you know, maybe maybe not they don't make for the most maybe compelling reading, you know, <laughs> not like you're, uh, but but at the same time there are some really good um, scriptural reflections. Oh, yeah. That's what I felt. The, like it really drew you in. I think mm-hmm. he really drew created a picture. Where do you fit in that picture? How does that relate to the gospel and Jesus and you know our whole purpose? It was I thought it was really beautiful reading, mm-hmm. especially the yeah. really tying in the scripture. So um, I would invite people to to set aside some time and mm-hmm. and and read it. Um, take it in. Might be something you have to go back to. I was lucky enough to. I printed it out. I didn't get a very glossy copy like our pastor, but I printed it out so that you know I can reference it and go back to it and and use it. I'll I'll not only use it in my job. I do think I would use it in my home life too. Just some of the just the visuals in the scripture were really. I thought were really. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll keep I'll keep my copy in my in my little uh, on my little table next to my chair in the chapel in the rectory. You know, kind of be yeah, it'll be its place. And yeah. there's a lot of, lot of content in there. So indeed, but we invite you to um, find that resource. It is on the Arch website. You can very easily Google Synod Letter or Pastoral yep. Letter, and it will it will in our diocese it will it will pop up. It's right on the front page. So if you want to, there's, there's a, a PDF version. Yep. There's um, some accompanying materials they have provided. All kinds, all the materials for right. us. Yeah, there's a there's, in particular there's a, there's a video mm-hmm. uh, where where you can it kind of it's a primer a little bit on what to and and you know and then there's some there's some content where the Archbishop and Bishop Williams are are asked you know kind of to you know, kind of elaborate on certain things and all of, all of that's helpful. A friend asked if there was an audio copy yet. And I was like, yeah, excellent I, idea. I, 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 I do not I, think so, but excellent idea. As a, as a fan of Audible, <laughs> I, I, maybe, maybe there, I, maybe I, I, could, I know we could get a side, side hustle in here, do a recording for them. <laughs> yeah. 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 My, my best radio voice. Yes. I'm going to send them this podcast and yeah. say, food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> They'll love it. They might. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, I know that you're in between fishing seasons, but I think there's been some hunting on yeah, your I'm, calendar. So you want to give yeah. us the update? Yeah, I regret to say uh, I've, I've hunted. Uh, I've sat quite a bit this last week. Um, I was up in the, uh, the the upper peninsula of Michigan with my, with my brother-in-law for two and a half days of hunting. Saw a lot of does, but no antlers. Mm-hmm. Um, did not have a doe tag, so I, I, uh, I did not... Um, did not come away with anything. My brother-in-law on the last morning I was there got a, a six-pointer mm. a buck. So um, and then his brother, I've been texting. Uh, they have not. As his brother got a small buck, uh, but to my knowledge, uh, they still have my my tag. Oh. <laughs> um, nothing else has been taken there. And then I, I was able to be in in Wisconsin at my parents' place uh, and hunted all day Monday. We're recording this on Wednesday morning. And um, nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just not your year yet. Not yet, but I've got um, tomorrow afternoon Thanksgiving, uh, which is actually the day I shot uh, the buck last year. Okay. I shot it on Thanksgiving Day, 
and then uh, all day Friday okay. uh, I'll be able to be able to sit. And I know there's some I know there's still some bucks moving around up there, and um, but in any event, I'm really excited about ice fishing. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I think uh, another couple weeks. Yep. It's usually that first week of December is when I make my way out for the first time, and cool. so. Um, cannot wait. Well, we are looking forward to our fishing report. It's amazing how, um, when, when it's time for open water season, you can't wait for that. And when it's time for ice fishing, you can't wait for that. It just kind of bounces back and forth and, uh, just absolutely can't wait to get out on the ice and, um, be able to come back to the next, uh, hopefully one of the next podcasts with a little bit of a report. Yes. Hope so. Looking forward to it. Well, Sarah, thank you. Thank Thank you you for, for, uh, steering the, the conversation. And, uh, and uh, again, an, uh, an encouragement to spend some time with this letter from our shepherd and uh, to you know, pray for me, pray for the staff, pray for all the, pray for our 12 here at St. John. So thankful to them uh, for their generosity of heart and uh, saying yes to, to, the, to walking uh, with me in this. And we're all going to walk together in this. Yeah. Everybody, I think, is going to be able to find a way uh, to, be, to be animated by the Holy Spirit uh, that, that, is, that is moving here. Right. So we, we trust that he will continue to move and, and uh, accomplish accomplish what uh, what God wants for us. So, yeah. all right. Well, uh, in the meantime, uh, if uh, you are out there uh, uh, casting a net or setting a line uh, to uh, to bring in souls into the into the harvest, um, to make some metaphor there, uh, as you're as you're fishing for souls, uh, tight lines, everyone. Bye for now, and uh, Saint John the Baptist, pray, pray for, for us. us.